This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. said no gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. You're here to listen to the podcast. What's going on? I think it's mm, September. We're in fall. We're headed towards fall. What are some things you could be thinking about right now? Maybe maybe you could be toying with the idea of your Halloween costume or, well, actually, at this point, I think you should probably be in serious planning stages. You've got maybe a month and a half or so to go. If you're going to be making it, uh, I mean, you're way behind. So that's just something I want to kind of spark for you, something to think about while you maybe to distract you while you're listening to the rest of this podcast. Now your thoughts are racing. You can't pay attention. Uh, That's fine. We're going to have a good time. Everything's okay, And I'm so excited about our guest. She's so wonderful. So funny. Paula Poundstone. Paula. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. Well, thank you very much, Bridger. It's so nice to be with you. What's on your mind, Paula? Oh, my heavens. I, uh, you know, survival. (laughs) Survival, uh, specifically perhaps in the area of mental health. Right. It's getting harder and harder. Right, of course. It's getting more and more confusing, and uh, it it's hard to count on anything at this point. It's an uncertain time, Bridger. Uh, it's uncertain, and then, you know, it's a real a roller coaster of uncertainty. Felt like we were headed towards something decent, and now we're back. I, I don't know what to say anymore. I, I, it's hard to figure out what to say anymore. The thing is, for the four or five of us that survive, um, someday... We're got, they will have, I don't know that it'll be me, um, but someday there'll be another generation that comes to them and says like, what? Uh, I think that's exactly how they'll put, what? Um, like, what were you, what, what, because it's like, it's a slow slide. It's, it's like as if we're watching Mount Rushmore melt, except for it's, you know, more important. I, you can no longer count on even two hands. How many things of global importance have gone wrong? <laughs> yeah. uh, if if it had been put in any kind of a movie or novel, it would they would they would ask for a rewrite. They'd say, well, <laughs> Absolutely. 
You know how when you watch like a Batman movie or I don't know, I don't, I don't watch a lot of Marvel movies, but a Batman movie is a good example. And there's just so much carnage. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I always think when I'm watching it, I think, well, that's sort of stupid because, you know, they no one, they never seem to rebuild. It just, you know, you have the next day, everything's good enough. How did that happen? And now I'm now we're actually watching how that would happen. Right. Yeah. The Batman movies, I feel like the best Batman movies are when there's maybe one or two villains. The worst ones are when they're, you know, they've got six different villains that Batman is up against. And I think we're in one of those Batman movies right now. Well, what's um? I mean, how's your summer in general been? I feel like we got about two weeks of what seemed to be kind of normal hopefulness. And then uh, we've, we're back to I, I can't something I can no longer describe. Did you have two full weeks of normal hopefulness? I think so. It felt like there were two weeks where I was like, oh, I might be able to go on a vacation at some point. Uh, and then that all went away. All right. I have to. I did go on a vacation. You're kidding. Where? I went to Massachusetts, where I used to always go on vacation. Uh, I went to Manchester by the Sea, Massachusetts, uh, for a week where I spent with the family that I lived with when I was a teenager. I mean, now the parents are, are, are gone. But right. Um, so the kids, who are now uh, not only adults, but some of them are grandparents. Um, so it's a big, uh, it's a big, big family, many offshoots. And uh, we get together uh, usually for a week. Oh, that sounds lovely. And what do you do while you're there? Well, one thing that I have done traditionally and returned to this year is that at the beach, singing beach in Manchester, I swim out to the buoy. Uh, that separates like the boats from the swimming area. Right. And it's, it's quite a distance out. And uh, I never see anybody else doing it. I always do it by, you know, by myself. But I, I swim out to the buoy uh, t- twice. And uh, the whole time I'm swimming, I'm hearing the three notes from Jaws. <laughs> Have you ever encountered any sort of large sea creature while you're out there? I haven't. But you know what I encountered on Twitter? Was that picture of a person swimming? I think actually it was in Southern California, and they're swimming along, and they have, it's unbeknownst to them, a drone camera has taken a picture of like a giant shark. Oh, you're kidding. Not far from them at all. And I don't think the shark was, I don't think the shark was really aware of the person, or if they were, they didn't care. And certainly the person was not aware of the shark. Oh. That combined with Jaws 1 is enough to... (laughs) Where does Jaws take place? Is that an East Coast? uh... Yeah, it is. I feel like it's like near Martha's Vineyard or something. That makes sense. Amityville or Amity. Right. Just trying to have their summer and suddenly everyone's getting devoured. Yeah, yeah. You have to be so careful. Um, Honestly, I have thought so much about that movie recently also because another film that uh could be a documentary which is there's that scene where Roy Scheidner takes the mayor they're in the hospital and uh Roy Scheidner's kid had gone into shock and now the mayor's there you know trying to sort of pretend that he did a good job and Roy Scheidner like grabs him by the collar takes out the piece of paper that he needs to sign to close the beaches and right. says, do it now. And I feel like that, like somebody 
needed to do that with, you know. Oh, yeah. Over and over. Right. And the vaccines. <laughs> and and you sign this thing that says everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it would have been good. But, you know, I don't know where Roy Scheidner is right now, but he's unavailable. <laughs> Chief Brody. That's who he was. Chief Brody. Now, uh, are you vaccinated? I am. Beautiful. And you know what? I hate needles. I sure. will go a very long ways to avoid, you know, a needle. And I, I was not helped in any way, by the way, by all of the photos on the news and on the Internet, the pictures <laughs> of people getting shots. Will they stop showing that? Paula. It doesn't tell anybody they should get the <laughs> shot. You can say that with your words. But the constant image of that for somebody like me, it 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 creates irritable bowel syndrome every time I see it. <laughs> uh, so it would, and I know there's a lot of people like me out there. So I got the vaccine, anyways, despite the fact right. that I hate needles. Because more than my hate of needles, stronger than my hate of needles is my love for people, and I right. want us all to be. Well, I don't even want the idiot anti-vaxxers to get sick. I just I just want us all to be well. And the key for anybody else who's like me and maybe somebody who hasn't yet gone and done it, A, of course, go and do it. But B, the key is to keep your arm moving, not during the injection, but <laughs> afterwards. You got to keep your right. arm moving. That's critical. And then, and then ice it. But like when you sit, you know, afterwards, they want to make sure you're not having a bad reaction. So you just sit like in a waiting area for like 10 right. minutes. And while while I was sitting there, I was flapping like a chicken. And then the <laughs> whole way driving home, just flapping. It was my left arm flapping away. And other drivers were yelling, just got the vaccination. I said, yep. Look, even if even if you don't take Paula's little trick here, is what are we talking about? A sore arm for a couple of days? Big deal. I felt like the needle of this one really didn't. It was almost nothing, too. It was such a. Actually, the, I mean, it, you're right. It wasn't. The, um, and I was on like a race against time because I, I knew that sometimes it comes with uh, sort of fluish symptoms. For, right. Uh, I haven't heard anybody have it for longer than 24 hours, but I've certainly heard of people, you know, having kind of a, a fluishy kind of a night. Um, right. and so, uh, I was doing my chores that day and I have a lot of animals. I have 10 cats and two big dogs oh my and, God. Uh, and a worm farm. So I'm doing my chores and, and whatever other stuff I have to do for my work and things like that. And I'm, you know, I'm like trying to bang out as much stuff as I can before, um, I just wanted to go to bed early, you know, and pop a couple of Advil and slip with some ice. But it was funny. It was like one of those movies where they keep showing the clock, you know, and there's like, you know, <laughs> something horrible is going to happen with the clock. So I, it, I was in a race against time. So I did get to bed early and with some ice. And it, is that all you had? It was. I mean, I woke up a couple times a little bit sore. I got up in the morning. I felt great. Look, I, I think I felt a little sleepy. And that's basically my day to day anyway. Yeah. Maybe I, I was 10% sleepier than usual. No one's going to notice me being 10% sleepier. And that was it. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm bragging a little bit because I do know people who got a little bit more fluish symptoms. But even they, they were like, it's, it's not a huge deal. And now I'm protected. No, I don't know anybody. In fact, you know, the other thing 
Um, and this was very much like my reaction to the inauguration. Um, <laughs> I was really taken aback by the amount of relief I felt. Right, of course. Um, and the same thing with the inauguration. I, I didn't watch. I watched parts of the celebration and things, and I, I found myself just crying. And sure. I, I was really surprised because I, I, it's not like I really find it all that moving. But I think it was just the relief, uh, and the same thing with the with the uh, vaccination. Just feeling like, oh, thank goodness, this part is over. But yeah, no, I don't know anybody who felt like uh, any kind of discomfort they had or any problem they had outweighed, you know, the the value. Of, right. Of being, it's just that uh, the weight lifted. It's a little bit like tunneling out of prison and finally getting, you know, to the other side. Yeah. I have a bad feeling. I have a friend who says that if, um, who was it? She said that Eric Trump, when he's in prison, um, Stephanie Miller says he's gonna, he's gonna tunnel and then just be in like another prison cell. She's gonna tunnel the wrong <laughs> way. They'll probably end up in like his dad's prison cell and his dad will berate him for tunneling badly. I would not be surprised. Now, you said you have 10 cats. Mm -hmm. When you tell me you have 10 cats, can you name all of them? Oh, of course. I want to hear their names. Okay. Now, keep in mind that you wouldn't know whether I had named them correctly or not, but I will. <laughs> well, I'm going to check into this. I will just I'm, use I'm the I'm Googling private system. investigator as we speak. Um, all right. Uh, I'll do my best here. Uh, Hardy, Severus, Theo, Shamwow, Wednesday, Harrison, uh, Mrs. Fezziwig, uh, Tonks, Lawson, and Nash. Wow, incredible. Yeah, that was faster than I can usually do it. Uh, I mean, when you yeah. got to ShamWow, it sounded like you were just naming things you could see in the room or something. Uh, uh, but No, uh, no, ShamWow is my only long-haired cat. Oh, that makes sense for a long-haired cat. She's aptly named, yes. Yes. <laughs> and what are your two dogs named? Uh, it's Sirius and Mo. Oh, these are great names. Sirius is, of course, named after um, Sirius Black from Harry Potter. Oh, sure. Because right, my kids right. were raised uh, during the Harry Potter years, which is also what brings us Severus and Tonks. Oh, there you go. And then my dog Mo is named after Mo Howard from the Three Stooges. Beautiful. What and they're, nice. they're very similar. Um, so when you're naming pets, is there a whole process you go through or is it is it more of an immediate instinct you have with each animal? Oh, no. There's a process. A lot of thought. You know, when the kids were little, I have three kids, but they're all young adults now. And when they were little, I, I, I let them do some naming and then right. at a certain point, I realized, you know, they're going to be off at college and I'm going to be stuck with Fluffy. So I, uh, <laughs> at a certain point, I just took naming back. Uh, I would <laughs> I would suggest some names and then I would let them choose among them. But I'm like, oh, no, there no, you no. go. I'm not. In fact, my daughter calls my cat Shamwa. She calls that cat Olive. I hate that name. I would never. <laughs> it's, I, it's a horrible name. I don't like Olives. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's a horrible name. Do the cats have middle names? None do. Uh, okay. None do, but now that you put that idea in my head... It's time to start going for it. I may have to go back to the judge and add the <laughs> names onto the birth certificate. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes what happens is I get a name 
that's such a great idea that I have to go get a cat. <laughs> like, uh, like what? Well, Lawson and Nash are. Uh, oh, beautiful. Lawson and Nash. Um, and as it happens, as it happens, my cat Lawson, who is, uh, they're, they're both kittens. Um, Lawson is a fearless black male cat. And she is named after the Reverend James Lawson. Oh. Who uh, is a um, beloved Los Angelian, but he was the man who trained the students that desegregated the lunch counters in Nashville. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And his story, um, which is very well told in a book called The Children by David Halberstam, which is how I happen to have even known about him to begin with. Although I do think he's on a stamp. I think I can't. No, he can't be because he's alive still. And they only put Do you have to be dead to be on a stamp? I believe so. So if you ever see yourself on a stamp, <laughs> take your temperature. What a way to find out you're a ghost. Yeah, wouldn't that be awful? Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, I know what he was on. I saw his picture in the library. Uh, the library was doing, uh, you know, like a celebration of uh, civil rights leaders. That's what it was. So it was a, po a poster in the library. And you didn't have to be dead to be on that. He'll be no. He'll be very relieved. Um, anyways, he, was, he, he is a very, very fearless man. And this kitten, this kitten will jump on my dog's snout. <laughs> Good for it. And now you have worms as well? I have a worm farm. Uh, you know, worm, what they call worm castings, which is worm poop. Um, okay. It is, uh, they, they refer to it as black gold. Uh, it is... Uh, full of microbes and nutrients that boost plant growth. Oh, right. If you put it on, say, like your vegetable, you know, your vegetables, uh, it actually can increase, I mean, sizably, like the, the size of the produce that you, that you get. Um, it's really very powerful. So you're producing, you've got all these worms pooping somewhere and then you're throwing this on your vegetables. Is that how this works? Well, I, I actually just started selling it um, because uh, people that are into. Uh, well, I think that for one thing, pot farmers, n not that I are, you know, marijuana farmers. I don't I, I actually kind of loathe marijuana, but. If they want to pay me for the worm poop, I would. So you've become a worm poop saleswoman? I would sink low enough to engage in that kind of business uh, engagement. <laughs> yeah. So what you do is they, they live in a bin. And then at a certain point, you sift the contents of the bin so that you recover the worms. You don't get rid of the worms. So you recover right. the worms. And then uh, it's such rich. Uh, I was just packing somewhat for someone yesterday. Wow. And, and uh, I, I mean, it's so unbelievably rich and uh, I, it was hard for me not to eat some, but I did. <laughs> Good Lord. What a second chapter for Paula Poundstone, worm poop saleswoman. Yeah, I gotta say, I kind of, um, you know, during this period, uh, uh, you know, since the stay at home order, I came off the road a year ago, mid-March. Okay. And I've been uh, back out doing some jobs since June. Right. Um, but during that year and a half at home, 
first of all, I worked my ass off because I didn't have my normal income. And so I had to find little ways to put together some money uh, to to, to stem the tide of loss, basically. And uh, so I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked and I didn't do anything else really other than walk the dogs and um, train the dogs. That was it. No days off. No, nothing. Just that's great. And so when I started the worm farm, I actually felt like getting out of bed in the morning. I mean, I always got out of bed in the morning because I had to. But I can't say that I felt like it. Right. I actually felt like getting out of bed in the morning because I'm fascinated <laughs> by these worms. I'm fascinated by how they eat. One of, the, one of the reasons I started doing it as well is because food waste contributes to our uh, uh, methane gas. Right. It's something like a third of it, I'm told. Wow, that's I'm not monumental. a scientist. I'm just saying what I heard. Um, and that's a lot. Yeah, and of course. So I, I also uh, have volunteered at a um, once a week at a uh, food bank during that year, year and a half. And so I would take their food waste and I would put some of it in my regular mulch pile and some of it I would chop up and feed to my worms. And oh, then some great. of it I put in the city uh, yard waste bin. I mean, we're talking some weeks like 40 gallons of wow. So it was a tremendous amount of chopping. But the idea that these worms are, are eating the food waste and pooping out black gold that you can grow stuff with, that's right. right? Isn't that like so? I've, I feel like I should be holding up a, 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 a lion cub. Right. It's so circle of life. I feel like you, I, you've kind of earned the right to be one of the last five people surviving. You are the worm queen. Boy, would I not want to be one of the last. But you've got this. this you've got at least one skill you can present to the planet. You well, know? that's true. I could. You be have very, your army of worms. I could be very to do helpful. your bidding. Yeah. This kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. I could do that. <laughs> Look, I, I could talk to you about the worm sciences all day, but there's something else I need to talk to you about. Paula, Wait, and... before you go to that, I just want to say. <laughs> What? Worm farming is a lot more challenging than you may realize because the tractors are so small. <laughs> and uh, oh, okay. on, on Roundup Day, <laughs> you know, lassoing those squiggly little devils, <laughs> not easy. Uh, All right, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you switch to whatever topic you need to. Look, okay, so I'm glad you're giving me permission here because this is something that's a little sensitive and I'm not that comfortable talking about it, but this podcast is called I Said No Gifts. You, Paula Poundstone, agreed to be on this podcast a few weeks ago, and I thought, oh, this will be wonderful. Paula's so funny. She's, we're going to have a great time together. And then yesterday, I believe, I opened my front door and I looked down and there's a little brown box sitting on my porch. And I just about passed away because I looked at the uh, return address, and it said it was from Paula Poundstone. And I thought, what's going on here? What is Paula up to? She is going to be on the podcast tomorrow. Has she sent me a gift? And, you know, I was glad I had a couple, uh, 24 hours to cool down. I'm, you know, my heart rate's steady. My blood pressure is normal. And now I'm just going to ask you, Paula, is this a gift for me? It is. 
is, you know, I just couldn't come on, Bridger, without bringing you something. I just, <laughs> you know. That's a it, flimsy excuse. I, it's funny because when I have gone to other people's homes for like a dinner party or something like that, um, and I, you know, all the other guests have brought something, I never do. I don't even think <laughs> about it until I get there. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, sometimes I'll like go into the, the host's cabinet. And pull out like a pot or a pan and say, I got you this. And they go, I have one like this. And I go, yeah, it's, it's not yours. Um, even at my house, when people come to my house, uh, which they don't do often. Um, but when they do, you know, I, I'm always drinking a soda or I always have a, a water. I, I eat tons of candy. I love eating chips and cookies. I never think to offer the guests something. It's not until they're on their way out the door that I usually remember. And then I'm like, oh, did you want? They probably leave because they're starving and thirsty and they keep seeing me scarf stuff. But I'm like, oh, did you? I'm thinking of getting like just some to go containers that sit by the door (laughs) for any time I have a guest. So I could just send them off with a little gift bag. That's a great idea. That's a really nice way to avoid giving anything away. When the guest is on their way out, you can just say, could you have used a drink? Yeah, exactly. Could you have enjoyed something Maybe a gift card. Maybe a little something. Like, oh, here is a card from Starbucks. Um, Yeah. So anyway, so I did get you a gift. And it's not even... It was really from the heart, Bridger. Because it's not even like me to think of those kinds of niceties. Well, it sounds like you're evolving as a person, and I think my podcast is kind of to thank. I mean, let's just give me the credit here. Credit where credit's due, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Well, now that I've gotten my credit, uh, should I open the gift? Oh, go ahead. All right. It's in a little brown box here. It's addressed to me. It's got my address. We won't be saying that on the air. But uh, let me get my scissor and open this up. You know what? You're not supposed to cut towards you, but I keep doing that. Oh, I always and... cut towards me. I don't want to hurt anybody else. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm getting this open. Ooh, this is good. T- a good taping job on this box. So this is going to take me a minute. And I need everyone's patience and everyone's kindness. And I just need everyone to calm down. Okay. We're getting it open. Sometimes when I go to St. John's Hospital, uh, the emergency room, and I'm gushing blood from somewhere around my waist, um, they'll say, did you, did you open another package towards yourself? And I say, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, okay, Paula, I've opened it up here. And um, okay, so uh, it's in a little, uh, like a, an earth balance. Uh, it, it's like a butter spread it's, container. It's a fake butter container. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Kind of a vegan butter. Yeah. Um, with a rubber band around it. And it has four neither holes of those things the are the gift. I mean, feel free to use them and enjoy them, but neither <laughs> of those things, the fake butter container nor the rubber band, are the gift. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna open it up. It has four holes in the top, so I'm wondering what's if Paul <laughs> is this worms? No, it's worm waste. I've given you some of the famous Paula Poundstone uh, oh worm God. castings. This is a biohazard. I don't know if you do you have do you have house plants or plants outside? I've got both. All right, I, I, this is important. Which is 
they've done, you know, like experiments, they found if you're using like a soil mixture with some worm castings, um, if you use, if it's 10% worm castings, it will improve the growth of your plant. If it's okay. 20% worm castings, it will improve the growth of your plant even more substantially. But if it's 40, it will um, negatively affect. So, oh, no. So, so what have you sent me? It's not a mixture. That's pure worm waste. So I just need to, I need to use this sparingly. Exactly what I was plants. trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just sprinkle a little like around the top, say. Uh, I use it on some uh, succulents and... And and then when I, I put it on before I water them, and then uh, that makes when you water that it, it goes down. Then, All right. Yeah. So what are we talking about for like? Let's let's narrow this down to like one succulent. Do I want to put like a teaspoon on there? Uh, uh yeah. If it's like a, a little house planty kind, right? That the young people enjoy. Yes, that'll probably be good. I'm telling you, you're gonna grow the Audrey too. <laughs> oh, I would love to grow an Audrey too. I'd love to be swallowed whole by a Venus flytrap. Yeah, it's gonna. You're gonna feed it uh, worm waste and then pour some water on it, and it's gonna say thank you. <laughs> I may. Uh, this could be the gateway drug for you. Oh, I would love a, a uh, fertilizer gateway drug. I I have very. My plants are in varying stages of health. I've I've gotten better at taking care of my house plants. My vegetable garden is here and there. You know, it's uh, it's hard to tell. But this, I think, could really benefit me in a huge way. It's going to change your life. I'm telling you. Uh, and, you know, you'll be calling me day and night. Can you get more worm waste? <laughs> I can. I can. I, uh, so when you're selling your worm waste, how are like how are people finding you? Oh, you know what? I've only, I, I just sold my first batch. I okay. harvested um, approximately two gallons. Wow. And I advertised it on my own podcast, which is called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And, you know, me and my assistant, Wendell, we had talked about, you know, how we were going to put it on the website and how we had to figure out how much per or bud, bid, bud, bud. It was just so complicated in the and the PayPal and the Huda and the Hada. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not gonna do any of that. Here's what I'm gonna do. So I looked up on the internet. Um, I found out what you know what commercial bags of this sell for. Uh, right. I, I priced comparably. So I sold my about two gallons for as I just said on my on my podcast, I said, hey. I have my first harvest of worm waste. It's about two gallons. Uh, I'll charge $35 and whatever <laughs> the shipping is. And if you want to do it, uh, write to me at, um, at my website. And somebody did. And uh, wow. so it, it, was, it was so easy that way. It didn't have to mess around with all this other stuff. I will say that we shipped <laughs> it off to them. And I can't, I'm not certain that we remembered to get payment, but I know that we will. <laughs> well, thirty-five dollars is owed to you. Well, plus the twenty-one ninety for the is shipping because it was going to Connecticut. But oh, keep wow, in wow. mind, this is this is my friend pointed out. This is celebrity worm waste, right? High quality, this is regular worm waste. And you know what? 
Some worms did go into it accidentally. They're just, the babies are so small that when you go to sift, they end up, so there might be a worm or two. Oh, I hope so. That sounds like a huge bonus. It's a little stowaway. Yeah. Now, are you branding the worm waste? Is this Poundstone worm waste? Well, you know, know, I was going to start a company called Paula Poundstone is a Poop Head just for the alliteration. (laughs) Right, right. But I'm not sure I even have to go that far. Which, I mean, I will at some point, but these are uncertain times. Uh, so I don't know that it's really the time to invest in, uh, you know, a lot of packaging and... Right, and, you know. yeah. So, well, I mean, the worm waste has now been, been mentioned on your podcast and now on mine. It feels like the PR is re- the PR machine is going. It's sweeping and- the nation. Right. This thing, we're headed, we're just months away from the holidays. People are looking for gifts. They're oh, looking for these, really good what am I going to give? And they look to the Poundstone worm waste. And uh, I think that that could be the big hit of the season. I, you know what? I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. I might have to have you over in my marketing department. Look, I'm always looking for new ways to, you know, increase these our bank account numbers. I feel like this is the one that's going to shoot you to the moon. Yeah, I, I'm so bad at marketing that the idea of sell, selling something as a Christmas gift never even occurred to me. <laughs> so you really, you have a gift in this marketing. I, have, I mean, look, I've got so many. My talents are myriad and I'm just such a, sk- a skillful person. So you bring on your worm waste to my podcast. I'm looking for ways to get it to expand the market. I I live in a teeny little house, but I don't see how this, I don't know how I'm going to be able to stay here. We'll start packing up. Yeah. I get to have to move to like a, a worm ranch with a, <laughs> with a dude. What is the a bunkhouse? We have to have a bunkhouse for my. What is a bunkhouse? I don't know what a bunkhouse is. A bunkhouse is where the um the ranch hands stay. Oh wow! Well, that's you learn. We're learning all th- sorts of things this have episode, and I'm excited about before? it. Did you read? Uh, let's see. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. What's the one? The one George and the the John Steinbeck book. Uh, Grapes of Wrath. No, not Grapes of Wrath. East of Eden. No, not that. The other one. With the two guys who are always dreaming of having a, uh, rabbits, and they, work, um, and they work on a ranch. Rabbit Brothers. Oh, I, th- I don't think it's Rabbit Brothers. Damn. <laughs> I have a what lot could of recall recall problems. I, I think I've had that problem for a long time, but I have to say that I firmly believe as a result of the stress caused by everything in the last couple of years, not the least of which is COVID, uh, my word recall is just unbelievably bad now. You're telling me my word recall, I mean, it's worrisome. I'm like, what is happening to my brain? How I can't remember. Uh, There's got to be something to help improve that, right? Is there some little game I can play on my phone that'll help my word recall? You know, supposedly there was at one time a thing called luminosity i think it was called yeah Um, somebody told me about it and i put it on my phone it was supposed to be these memory games that were supposed to sharpen your memory but um i forgot to use it oh you're kidding you you would think that because a (laughs) lot of people that i talk to say they are having that problem with word recall and with their memories you would think that this would put a dent in the game show industry 
like that you would really <laughs> notice the competition lagging. You know, that, that there would be clues like grapes of blank. And people are just, you know, okay, rhymes with bath. Uh, uh, ding, 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 path. Is it path? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, you would think that it, it would show up in places like that, but I haven't heard uh, of it. Of mice and men is what it's called. Thank you. Did you come up with that on your own or did you Google it or something like that? <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not revealing. I'm not revealing that we have a producer named Annalise who has, you know, access. I could have also Googled it. But look, we all know of mice and men. We just you and I were sitting here. We're engaged in this conversation. No one can expect us to know the entire Steinbeck catalog off to, off the top of our heads. I think of mice and men should be a fairly easy <laughs> grab. Um, so let me get this straight because Annalise did it right away. I mean, just no time went by where you you were really not you were not flapping like a fish on a dock <laughs> for very long. <laughs> Before she was like, "Oh, it's of mice and men." Is that because, like, if she hadn't done that when the sh- when the show, like, when you finished recording the show, you were gonna like be right up in her face, like an anti-vaxxer screaming, <laughs> "Take off that mask!" <laughs> why? Why didn't you tell me of mice and men? Why? My my relationship with Annalise, uh, Annalise and I uh, are ex- extremely contentious. They are constantly in my face. I'm constantly in their face. And, you know, the wheels are going to come off at some point. Yeah. Oh, I noticed it's, it. Uh, right there's a from- lot of anger there. There's simmering resentment. A lot of friction. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I know. And, you yeah. know, eventually it's going to destroy this podcast and probably both of us. You guys have and- probably benefited from not being able to be in a studio. Oh, when when we get back to the studio, it's going to be a fist fight almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. You know, the violence is just waiting to happen between us. Annalise so. has actually been uh, working out following um, online videos of uh, self-defense techniques. And at first I thought it was silly, but now I <laughs> now that I see you and I hear uh, about the kind of rancor that is, let's face it, practically... Bringing I said no gifts down. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's in the trades. The, the, you know, rumors are all over the place. People know what's going on and we've done our best to hide it. But we might as well just put it out there now. Annalise and I are going to destroy each other. Yeah. And yeah, that's fine. No. That's, you know, we've seen that happen in podcast after podcast. I'm not unique. Eventually, the producer and the host you know, it ends in violence, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the way of the world. Look, I want to play a game with you. Oh. Do you want to play a game called Gift or a Curse or a game called Gift Master? And I'll tell you how to, we're going to play it once we decide. Oh, so I just choose based on yeah. nothing. Okay. <laughs> um. No, not based on nothing. Based on two very descriptive, evocative titles. All right. I'll take a Gift or a Curse. Okay. I need a number between one and ten from you. Uh, I just told you I have word recall problems. <laughs> and now you're making me walk the plank. Um, <laughs> a number between one and ten. How about, how about four? 
No one ever chooses four. Oh, I love it. No one chooses four. You're, People honor, tend to that's go with like actually odd true. numbers, three, seven, that sort of thing. But I'm going to go with four. Four is an underappreciated number, and I like that you chose that. Okay, I have to do uh, some light calculating to get the game pieces we'll be playing with. So right now, I want you to recommend something, promote something, do whatever you want. I'll be right back. You have the microphone. You're stepping away? To- I'm stepping away, Paula. You have got to... Put on your big worm pants and, uh, you know, do what you want to do. Um, <laughs> wow, it's a lot of pressure. Uh, well, I will take this moment to recommend to people that they, not that they leave your podcast ever, but that with whatever additional time they have, they sample Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, which is also very, very fun. Uh, if it's a matter of exchanging one for the other, simply don't do it. But um, I do think that you might enjoy Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. By the way, it's my cat, Theo. Oh, that's wonderful. Your cat has entered the picture. You did a wonderful little promotion there. That was perfect. Yeah, people should go listen to your podcast and, you know, just enjoy the wonderful things Paula has done for everybody. Oh, so much. Why, just the <laughs> other day. No, no, didn't do anything that day. No. Oh, cut it out. Okay, Paula. wait, it was Wednesday. No, no, didn't do anything Wednesday. Um, all right, Paula, so this did is you how get the game your playing works. pieces? This is how the game works. I'm going to name three things. You're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. There are correct answers. I have to be so clear with you. You can fail this game. You can lose miserably. Oh, good. And then it kind of ruins your evening, and then it'll your ruined evening will bleed into tomorrow, and tomorrow will probably be ruined for you. And then it could, you know, just erode the rest of your life. Um, so just be careful. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you something. As far as things that erode the rest of my life go, it's going to have some competition. <laughs> okay, well, first up, This is a listener's suggestion. Someone named Lizzie has written in and suggested, gift or a curse, chili cook-offs. Oh, curse. And why? Um, oh, maybe I changed my mind. Maybe they're a gift. People are happy at a chili cook-off, so I guess that's good. (laughs) People like it. Uh, (laughs) Somebody somebody wins, and, and, and they feel good about their chili. And, and and the other people, well, they become bitter. But okay, I'll say it was. Uh, I'll say it's a gift. Great job. I mean, you all, uh, you you said curse initially, and I thought, wow, Paula's gonna you know start off on such a wrong foot. But I have, I of course think a chili cook off is a gift. I I don't know that I've ever been to a chili cook off, but the general concept to me seems very fun. I love to eat chili. I love to eat. To sample and to, I love to judge people. I love to watch people win and lose. It's fun for everyone. I, you know, I'm not going to be bringing my own chili to a cook-off, but why not? I think it's a good time. I did go to a chili cook-off one time. I was at the Texas State Fair in Dallas, and I I was there, like, covering it for some show. And uh, as part of what I attended, I did attend a chili cook-off. I didn't think of that until uh, uh, until just before I reversed my answer. And then I remembered that overall, 
I, it was a it was a happy experience. Yeah, I feel like everybody goes into a chili cook-off with a good attitude. Uh, I mean, I have no no complaints about a chili cook-off. I mean, maybe once I actually go to one, I'll have a whole oh, list of complaints. I, well, I do think it's going to give you a lot more data. Yeah, I th- I've got to investigate. Um, but you, good job. You've got uh, one for one so far. Next up, gift or a curse, punctuality. Oh, gift. And why? Uh, well, because, um, planes don't wait. That's one reason right there. Uh, something I've had to actually articulate to my adult children. Yeah, the plane doesn't wait. Um, I I think it's a matter of expectations sometimes. Uh, if you say we'll do it at two o'clock, um, and then you're not doing it at two o'clock. It throws people off. It disappoints people. It creates anxiety. And uh, yeah, I, there's it's something about dealing with somebody that is punctual that takes off a layer of stress. Paula, fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. I'm on the same page. I think punctuality is an absolute gift. I, it may be my only skill. Being able to be to places on time. The one thing I can say I can do pretty well is be there when I said I'm going to be there. And I, when somebody else can do that as well, fantastic. It's more and more rare. Oh, yeah. Um, which is frustrating at best. I like to do what I say I'll do. And being on time is sort of like you know, the low-hanging fruit of commitment. Right. Right. It's a little gift you can give the person that you've uh, you've made this commitment to. You show up. You know, showing up late is kind of a power move or, you know, sh- being 10, 15 minutes late. I think we need to reverse it. How about being on time is the power move? Look, I'm a considerate person. Absolutely. I actually go to a vet that doesn't make appointments. What? Yeah. And so you end up, you know, you sit in the waiting room or when you could sit in the waiting room. Now you can't even go in. Right. But when you did, you know, when you could, you sit in the waiting room, maybe for, you you know, however, if you go at a busy time, too bad for you. It's a busy time and you wait. Um, But when I went to vets that had appointments, they were always late. (laughs) (laughs) And so you just were kind of annoyed by the time you got in, you know, so this thing where you don't even they don't even say they don't they don't (laughs) promise a certain time. I kind of like that. You just show up with your animal and hope that they can see you. Yeah. That seems like chaos to me. No, it really isn't. You know, there might be. I don't know, there might be four or five other people in front of you or whatever. And then there's times where I've gone in and I was. The only person there. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, it kind of, I mean, I never studied up to figure out what are the, what are the heavy traffic times and what are the low traffic times. I really don't know. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I ever waited any longer with no appointment than I did with an appointment. Wow. I think doctors should do the same thing. Doctors drive me crazy not, not <laughs> coming in. You know, they they do that thing where a nurse comes out, walks into the examining room and 
They tell you to put on some gown, which is totally unnecessary. Um, but basically what it does is it makes you too self-conscious um, to complain. So right. now they leave you sitting there for 45 minutes and nobody <laughs> wants to hold the flaps together in the back and walk down the hall and say, what are you doing? And then they sashay in like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, what are you doing here? Like, it's silly. So, uh, yeah, I'm very into this punctuality thing. Fantastic. Okay, so you're getting two out of two so far. Very good. This. Uh, let's see what how you handle this third one. Another listener suggestion, someone named NJ, the letters NJ has written in and suggested, and I'm probably going to have to explain this because I had to look this up, press and seal wrap, which is kind of like saran wrap or plastic wrap. It, I guess it kind of takes the place of plastic bags. It's like a a plastic that you has essentially edible glue on it that you can kind of wrap around food and it kind of just sticks to the food rather than putting it in a bag. Does that make sense? It's yeah. still, I mean, even as I explain it to you, it does not make that much sense to me. You actually can seal because the thing with saran wrap is that or it's something of that nature. Um, not apparently this press and seal thing, but the thing with saran wrap is you can easily get it to stick to itself unless you wrap it around food. Right. So what, what are your thoughts here? Do you think it's a gift or a curse? Well, this press and seal I would say wrap? if it's biodegradable, then it's a gift. Right. But if it's more plastic coming into our world, um, then I think we still need to find another solution. Right. I And I mean, from what I can imagine, it's probably not biodegradable. Um, hard to say, but I'm just going to say, do we really, what problem could this possibly be solving? And you haven't answered, but you do need to say gift or a curse. Well, I would say curse then. I would say curse. curse. I mean, okay. I use, I reuse, um, Ziploc bags, and you're right. There's nothing that this could do that a Ziploc bag couldn't couldn't do. And with a Ziploc bag, I can reuse it. Right. Yeah. This seems like something that's truly a one and done type situation. Paula, you got. I mean, I think you're the third person on this podcast to win the game. You got three out of three. Wow. Well, you know what? That just goes to show preparation. Preparation. Uh, I was hard up work. All night studying whether things were. Gifts or curses. All night long. I mean, if I seem a little spacey to you, that's why. All night long. <laughs> you did it. I think the the cling, whatever the hell we're talking about, the press and seal wrap. Uh, I don't, I'm not buying that. I'm not sticking that to my food. I, I don't need another plastic thing floating around my house. I've got this, you know, let's reuse our Ziploc bags or get some other reusable thing. Well, you'll notice... That uh, your gift, the worm castings, I sent it in. Uh, it's a perfect reusable container. I exactly. I the I've Earth been balance. saving my plastic uh, containers um, that uh, that come from other products um, to use in the it's uh, you know to use for my uh, worm castings because I don't want to ma have have manufactured uh, more right. plastic containers so hopefully they'll it, it'll get a few more uses 
Beautiful. Well, look, it's time to answer some listener questions. This is called I Said No Emails. People write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. I, I, look, I mean, all I can say is that there are people out there that need a lot of help. They need my help in particular, and now they need your help. Would you help me answer a question? Absolutely. So despite the fact that you specifically said no email. No one respects anything, any of my wishes. My life is just a living hell. Um, you know, to just one day have someone follow a rule or a suggestion or what, you know, stay within a boundary I create. I don't even know what I would do with myself at that point. You know, it's beyond a dream for me for someone to respect my wishes. So I'm just living in this reality that I've kind of created. And uh, what can you say? Let's look at this thing. It says Bridger and esteemed guest. So that's a nice little compliment for you right off the top. Yeah, very much so. They didn't know it was going to be me, but I'll take it anyways. (laughs) Well, who knows? This person could be, you know, have some little mirror into the future. They're able to, you know, peer into the future and see who my guests are going to be. Maybe they've got maybe they're in touch with our booker. You never know. There's leaks. This podcast has leakers everywhere. I'm sure Annalise is leaking information all the time. So they could have known that you were coming up. (laughs) Okay, so it says Bridger and esteemed guest. My boyfriend of eight plus years and I are donezo. Uh oh. He's making a move to the East Coast, and I'm staying in the home we bought, ooh, and share, which is approximately 3,000 miles away from his new home. He's taking all of his stuff. Most of the house, including pans, knives, clothes, and furniture, and should be moving on from Utah to Virginia in about two months. I would like to get him a gift that says, I'm not sorry I met you. I'm not sorry I will not see you. What? Uh, Let me read this one again. I'm not sorry I met you. I'm not sorry I will not see you again. Oh, I see. So she's not sorry she met him. But on the other hand... Not upset about never seeing him again. Right. Interesting. So about him, he loves cooking, hiking, mushroom hunting, ice cream, and pornography. Okay. Um, About us, we have no kids, a cat, and mostly just stare at the TV together. What's an appropriate gift to celebrate eight years? When my last boyfriend and I broke up, I drew him a comic book of our relationship. Thank you, Betty. This is an interesting... This is... uh, The question has gone directions I could not have possibly imagined. Um, This is a real weird gift-giving situation for Betty and her now ex, who's moved across the country with what seems to be all of their pans, knives, clothes, and furniture. Yeah, it never occurred to me, because I I don't have relationships, it never occurred to me that it was appropriate uh, to give a, a breaking up gift. Right. I mean, I do. I guess we've um, kind of as a society moved into or at least some people have moved into a new world of these breakups that are a little bit uh, not as dramatic, uh, not as anger related. You know, maybe they they just things have come to a close and now he's off to Virginia with all of their stuff. And so she wants to give him something. I mean, it sounds like he's taking everything and I mean, maybe he should be giving her something. You know, I may I may be coming from a place of bias when I say this, but worm castings make a wonderful breakup <laughs> gift. 
And, you know, he may want to grow some plants in, in, in Virginia and, and uh, you know, and, and then still be able to, to remember in a positive way the girlfriend just All with right. the strength of the growth from the plants. I, whatever. <laughs> Again, I don't think I have clean hands in this. But um. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Look, I mean, she could give him just a bunch of worm waste. And I, I like, you know, at the end of the relationship, I feel like there's a little bit of unhappiness here that towards him. She gives him maybe 70 pounds of worm waste. He suddenly has to deal with getting that across the country. That's oh, something to remember yeah. her by. Um, look, they've got a cat. I hope she's holding on to the cat. Maybe you, you get a painting of the cat to send. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could do that. Um, uh, but also, Betty, it's been eight years. Uh, what What do you... I, I don't know. It seems like... Uh, I don't know. I, I really... I don't know what to tell you. He's it, To me, you should not be getting... If somebody takes all of my knives and pans, they're not getting another thing out of me. Well, Betty did mention that he had charged pornography. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe one last little film. Uh, <laughs> you know, not my place to say, Betty, but. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if the if pornography's on the table, Betty, you've got your answer. Just uh, some sort of video content. Maybe a nice uh, a nice goodbye. Or even just like, you know how you have. OK. Um, and the people at Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me one time gave me this little plastic button that you push. And when you push the button, there's a recording on it. And in fact, it's a recording of Peter Sagal, who's the host on the radio show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's a recording of P Peter Sagal doing a turkey gobble, which made <laughs> me laugh so hard when I heard him do it. And so they made me this little recording. You just push it, you push it, and it goes, wah, 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 gobble, gobble, whatever it is, right? <laughs> so maybe, Betty, just get one of those little devices and record um, some heavy breathing. <laughs> Not a bad idea. You know, it's... There you uh, go. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, it's the bow of a tree, not the whole tree. Right. You don't want to give the whole tree. Nah. Uh, he, the little button, he can take that to the office with him. He's got that on the airplane on the way to Virginia. Exactly. Uh, it's per it's the perfect gift. We should all have one of these buttons. And uh, so, Betty, you've got your answer. And move on from the relationship. Everything's going to be fine. Paula, we did an excellent job. We gave Betty all of these suggestions. You won the game. You've kind of, you know, this is really, you've done it all here. You've launched a worm business. I feel like the grand marshal of the, of the, <laughs> uh, I said no gifts parade. <laughs> well, I think it's time we have an I said no gifts parade. I need to start figuring out how to produce that next. So everyone look forward to that. Uh, well, Paula, thank you so much. I'm excited to uh, get my plants moving here with this worm waste. I mean, I hope that I don't kill. All I mean, if I destroy all of my plants, you're going to be hearing from me. Yeah. And well, again, not more than 20 percent. Not mix, more than 20 percent. OK. The mix of the right. Right. OK. I'm going to do that. I've had a wonderful time with you here. It's been so nice talking with you. <laughs>
And uh, sorry, I sent a gift, by the way. I know you said no gifts. <laughs> I just, I just couldn't. It's, it's nice to hear an apology at the end of the podcast. And uh, listener, this is the end of the podcast. Just a reminder that you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm glad you were able to be here. Hopefully you'll tune in next week. Maybe we can continue this relationship as the host and listener. Maybe not. It's really up to you. I just put this out there and you get to do your own thing. And the relationship feels a little lopsided in that way. I'm just going to say it. But uh, what am I going to do? Have a wonderful day. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do, considering everything I do for you. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. Well, I invited you here. Thought I made myself perfectly clear. When you're a guest in my home. 